calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before we get started, this episode contains discussions of death and grief, including a car crash, loss of a parent, character betrayal, existential dread, and implied alcoholism. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. Welcome, Traveler. Sorry I didn't hear you come in. Tend to get a bit lost in my own thoughts back there. Come, sit and have a drink with me. It's been... Where am I? Why, the Inn of the Archway, of course. Didn't you read the sign? No, I, I mean... How did I get here? I was... I wasn't in the forest. I was... Somewhere else. You came through the archway, remember? From another world. From another... What are you talking about? Who are you? What have you done to me? Me? Why, I haven't done anything besides offering you a drink. Come now, it'll calm your nerves. Whoa, whoa, stay away from me! Wait, wait! Well, that didn't work. Traveler. Sorry about the rain, but it just couldn't be. No, wait! Don't go out there! You'll catch your death in this storm! Hail, Traveler from afar! Welcome to the Echo- What manner of devil art thou? Answer, or I'll wring thy neck until I know. Terribly sorry. Wrong choice. <sighs> okay. Bad luck. Maybe next time.
sorry I didn't see you there, Traveler. What can I do for you? Oh, hello there, Traveler. Welcome to the Echo Wood. Good evening, Traveler. Hope you didn't find the road too trying. Um, hello? Who's there? What are you? What the hell are you? What is this place? This is my inn. My home. And I hope yours too before long. What do you mean I can't go back? Did I say couldn't? I mean, I hope you won't go, but... You're telling me this is another world, another universe. That doesn't frighten you? Of course it does. Why the hell did you bring me here? Well, that's the thing, you see. This world is starting to die, and I need someone to... Bullshit. Excuse me? You expect me to believe that? But it's true. (laughs) No buying it, mate. Sorry. But you saw the gateway, the forest. You know it's real. Pretty sure this is just a bad trip, bro. You couldn't wake up any second now. Sorry, but I can't accept any of this as real. Are you serious? Stay in Fairyland and help you save it. Just what kind of fool do you think I am? I don't think you're a fool, but I do need your help. Someone's help, at least. What do you mean, someone's? Do you have any idea how many of you I've had this exact conversation with? How many travelers I've called through my door? I... I don't understand. Of course you don't. You can't. You have no idea what it's like to live forever. To see each face blur into the next and the next and the next before they're all just one long line of useless people. You are nothing. Well, this nothing's about to put you through that wall. Stop. I have seen people like you live and die and live again. I have seen your face in a hundred different times and places. I will see you again. I will speak these words again. And we'll do it over and over and over again. So fare thee well, traveler, and know that I will never stop. <sighs> Grail? Grail? No more secrets. No more games. That time has passed. Come with me, Traveler, and I will tell you everything. Homestead on the Corner presents Tales of the Echo Wood.
the Podcast Network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Home sweet home. You want a drink? It's the last of the Fairhaven. Last there'll ever be, likely is not. Grail. No? Well, I certainly do. I think I've earned it after today. Grail, please. You said you'd tell me what's going on. And? And you haven't said a word since we left the arch. <laughs> Neither did you, for near on three months. That wasn't my fault. No? Tell me, when did Maven restore your voice? Tonight? After we went stargazing? Or did you always have it and were just lying the entire time? That's not fair. Isn't it? No, it isn't. You lied to me from the start. And Maven made me promise not to tell you. I told you already, Traveler. I didn't lie to you. All of the stories I told you were true. Are you sure you should be drinking right now? <sighs> now? Later? Earlier? What does it matter? My world is ending, and you seem to have made up your mind to let it. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow. Tomorrow, everything dies. No, you're probably right. 
Now isn't the time for drinking. You want answers? Then ask. I have nothing to hide anymore. You and the witch have seen to that. Was what Sylvia told me true? Did you... make the Echo Wood? I and a child from your world named Rowan Bowman, who I once called Little Ash. We made it together a long time ago. Tell me the story. I thought you were done with me and my tales. Just... One more. For old time's sake. <laughs> old time's sake. Fine. One more tale. One more story. <sighs> this story begins in the world you knew. Beyond the borders of the Echo Wood in a little house on the edge of an ancient broadleaf forest. It was a tiny thing, a ramshackle construction of old timbers and red paint peeling and cracked from the years of damp and cold and rot. The shingles on the roof were patched and worn, with wide swaths covered by nothing more than wood and plastic to keep out the rain. But it was a home. For a child and her mother and her father, it was more than a house. It was a place to grow old, a place to grow up, a place to grow into. But life is not a story, not the stories we tell ourselves about the future, nor the stories others wish upon us, nor the stories that try to keep us safe from the dark and driving cold. And one late and rainy morning as winter turned to spring, the father was taken from the child. There was no reason for it. No warning, no portents, no way it could have been avoided. A drain had clogged with old leaves and overflowed, turning a dip in the road to a wide, flat puddle he couldn't see as he drove home from a late shift at the cannery. The tree his car struck was less than a mile from the old red house on the edge of the woods, and the mother heard the collision from her bedroom. But it was too late to do anything. His spirit had fled beyond the veil of all worlds, where even I cannot see nor reach. It was a long time before the mother was able to tell her child the truth, the whole truth. Her father was gone, and he wasn't coming back. Perhaps she could have found a better way to say it, had she not been drinking at the time. Perhaps she could have softened the blow. But Rowan was barely ten years old when that hammer came out of the blue and destroyed the safe and happy world she'd always known. And so she did what she always did when her heart felt sick and lonely. She fled to the empty woods behind her house. Those woods were her sanctuary, her temple of solitude and bastion of solace. She knew every tree by name, every rock and stream and little meadow. She knew the birds and the small creatures that scurried and flapped between the moss-hung branches, 
told stories about who they were and what they'd seen beneath the darkened boughs of her forest. And she knew in her heart of hearts that there was something more to those woods than simple beauty. There was a thinness there, a feeling that something beyond her world was pressing through. And with the right push, that curtain could be torn asunder. Perhaps it was just her own love of fairy stories, of myths and legends that made her think so. Perhaps it was a vivid imagination fed on stories of other worlds and a love for the sciences that spoke of hidden dimensions and realities beyond what the human eye can see. Perhaps it was both. Perhaps it was neither. But when I found her alone and crying in the woods and took pity on her, I could feel the boundary between worlds closer than I'd ever felt it before. Something had worn its sin in that place, and there was something on the other side. As for my life before that day, truth be told, I can't remember much of it. The songs and legends woven into the Echo Wood at the moment of its creation call me an old god, and the form I took when first I walked this world was that of a winged sprite. But I can't remember who or what I was before I met Rowan, before she and I wrote my life into the Echoes and sent it out into the world. I remember loss, though, a kindred feeling to the grief in Rowan's soul rending my heart as I fled to the woods. But much like you, when I passed for the first time into the Echo Wood, those memories fled me, leaving only dim reflections and darkened visions of dead worlds and painful goodbyes. I don't know if I was the cause or the victim of the misfortune I fled, and I suppose I never can. Whoever I was that day, I chose to forget and start anew. Of course, that didn't happen right away. The Echo Wood did not spring into being the moment Rowan and I met. She was grieving, and though her heart delighted to meet what she thought of as a real fairy after so long dreaming of them, that heart was still fractured with newfound hurt. I did my best to comfort her, joked, digested, and reassured her that in all the wide universes I'd seen, nothing is ever truly lost. It simply passes from one form into another, from life to death to memory to story to song. No one has ever truly vanished from the worlds, not entirely. I think that gave her some comfort, half true though it might be. She returned to her mother in that little red house in the green clearing, and I remained in the woods beyond, waiting. She returned often that year, and I soon became her favorite playmate. We would race through the trees together, wielding branches as wands and swords and great sorcerer's staffs to fight off the dark things that ventured into the world of our imagination. Cruel emperors from beyond the wood, giant spiders unleashed by human hubris, ancient dragons waylaying the slopes of our mountain village. But Rowan's mind was different than mine, and while I fashioned stories of the ancient conflicts between light and dark, she always twisted them into new, strange shapes. The emperor, cruel though he was, was also a figure of pity, isolated and haunted by his own power in the lives he had taken. 
The spiders were not evil beings, but simply living creatures allowed to grow beyond their place by a misbalance of nature. And the dragons we tried to slay, they were ancient, wise beings of elemental power, creatures who upheld the world and had to be protected. As she imagined and added and refined my notions of our imagined world, I did my best to make them real. I cast illusions and images into the darkened trees that delighted and terrified her. And I came to live for the feeling of seeing true magic work its way across her face. She believed the world we made was real, believed it with a conviction I'd never seen before. And so I worked harder and harder at my illusions, making them more solid, more real, more clever than anything I'd ever made before. Each time I did, her belief in this world grew stronger, and I redoubled my efforts, trying to keep her from seeing the seams of my work, the little imperfections that marred and marked my creations. Soon, it came to the point that only I could see those flaws. And then one day, I didn't. As Rowan wove the tale of wandering witches, I'd begun into a story of love and rivalry that pulled at my heart. I looked up and saw the images of Maven and Anthea I'd created. I don't know if it was something about the light that day that shifted my perceptions, or the beauty of the story Rowan told, or something else entirely. Whatever it was... When I looked up across that clearing and saw the images of the two witches, I didn't see an illusion of my own making anymore. And as my belief in this world matched Rowan's for the first time, I felt the veil between worlds tear loose, and the Echo Wood was born. You know most of that story already. The songs we sung, unsure of their meaning, the breaking of the world as the history we'd invented came real all in a moment. And the creation of the fog bog, saving our world from destruction. For now, the space between Rowan's world and the one beyond it tore open. And in the gap between universes, all our stories and characters and dreams of magic came true. The underworld far below, the starry night with its shining denizens far above. And the echo wood between, vast and shifting like the ocean's tide. I don't know if it was my own power alone that lashed out and created this place, or simply the faith of Rowan matching mine in a place where the worlds were thin. I've begun to wonder in these late years if there was something different about Rowan, some hidden magic in her soul that set this world in motion when she met me. I suppose I'll never know. But it does make me wonder. No matter the reason, the Echo Wood was born, and we joined it as king and queen of the Castle Caraway. At first, we were unsure what to make of our creation. Though we'd imagined this world in vivid detail, I don't think either of us ever expected to see it in the flesh. We tried to rule justly and fairly. Or at least, Rowan did. I did my best, but it was hard not to see the suffering souls in my court as characters I'd imagined. People I'd made up and whose existence would not be possible without me. And whoever I'd been before, 
I think his anger followed me into the sprite that I became, for my wrath was terrible and deadly when it was awakened. I tried to hide it from Rowan, but she always saw more than I gave her credit for. And as the years passed and she grew up and grew wiser, I think she sensed the growing darkness in my soul, my obsession with control, with preserving the Echo Wood just as we had made it, including those who lived beneath the trees. I grew cruel and cold in my obsession, and when Rowan told me she was leaving, it was the last straw. I sundered her soul to make of her a child, one who would never age, never grow up, never know the hardships of life in the real world the true Rowan wished to return to. The lie I chased, given life. There is a poem writ long ago in your world by a poet touched by the green in much the same way Rowan was. Come away, O human child, to the waters in the wild with a fairy hand in hand for the world's more full of weeping than you can understand. When I sang those words to Rowan on that lonely, mournful evening so long ago, I thought they spoke only of the world she knew. I believed that here, in the world we made, she could live forever beyond the reach of grief, the reach of death. But I was wrong. We built this world from our own memories from our own cracked and wearied souls. And death takes all worlds in the end. It can be delayed, ignored, plastered over and laughed at. But everything that has a beginning has an end. And I've found mine here. So you brought me here to, what, try and stop the world from dying? <laughs> if there was a way to stop it, I missed it half a lifetime ago. No, you're not here to save the Echo Wood. I might have told myself that at first, but that time has passed. The rod has gone too deep, the foundation's too worn down. Maven was right. This world has to die. Then what am I here for? You're here because I was lost in grief and could not see the truth. You're here because I was a fool who thought he knew what was best for his friend and tried to force it upon them. You're here because after 300 years, I couldn't stop myself trying to find another, even when I knew it was hopeless. Another what? Another Rowan. Another human to take away into the waters in the wild. Someone who could imagine a new Echo Wood alongside me and remake it before the old one has breathed its last. For centuries, I've pulled strangers through that doorway, drawn them out of the last moments of their lives from places they would not be missed. But I've found no one who chose to stay at my side. A few came close, but... None have come so far as you. What do you mean, the last moments of their lives? How much have you remembered about your life before the Echo Wood? 
Not much. I've had a few dreams, but they're all just images. Feelings. I can't make sense of them. And what do you see? A tunnel? Some underground place? It was dark. I couldn't see much, but I felt like I wasn't alone. And then there was a sound and pain, and then nothing. Nothing? I guess that's when I woke up in the woods. And can you remember anything else? Who you were? Where you came from? Your name? No. I think it started with an H, but that's all I can remember. Do you know what it was? Me? No, I, I don't know any more than you do. The archway chooses who it calls. I just told it where to look. And you told it to look for people who were about to die. Yes. All those people you brought here before me. What happened to them? Some remained in the Echo Wood, though they have not returned to the inn. Others tried to attack me, and I... I defended myself. You killed them? A few, yes. And the rest? The rest I sent back through the archway, into the worlds they came from. You sent them home? I sent them to their deaths, back to the moments they came from. Oh. That doesn't leave me with a lot of good options, does it? No, it doesn't. As far as I can see, it leaves you with only two. And those are? Well, I suppose this started with an offer, didn't it? An offer to tell and teach you all you needed to know until your voice returned? Why shouldn't it end with one? Here is your choice, such as it is. I can send you back to your world through the archway. Not to the moment I took you from, but to another time, another place. You can start fresh. And perhaps your memories of who you were will return in time. You can live the rest of your life in whatever way you choose. A dull, plain life lost in the fading of another world. I cannot say it's the path I would choose, but it is open to you. Alternatively, you can remain here. Continue to learn the history and nature of the Echo Wood. Hear new tales and see new sights as winter churns at last to spring. And when summer comes and all life rises to meet it, you and I will sing a new song of creation. 
The old shall pass away, and the new Echowood shall rise in its place, a world reborn from its own ashes. Those within will perish, but their souls will endure, echoing on into the new world we create in story and memory and life renewed. And you will stand by my side, ruling over what we made forevermore. Apotheosis, at the cost of the world that is. That is what I can offer. Nothing more, and nothing less. What say you? You don't need to answer right away. There's plenty of time left to... Shut up, Grail. Just tell me one thing. Anything at all. I've never lied to you, and I don't intend to now. Did the other travelers all lose their voices, too? Did the Arch really do that to me? No, it didn't. Then I don't think I can stay. If you want me to help you make a new world, if that's even possible, how do I know you won't just ignore my voice when the time comes? I don't think you really want someone to add new ideas. You just want someone to go along with yours. You're right. Of course you are. I was too close. I couldn't see it. Very well. Let's go back to the archway. I doubt you have anything to pack, and I can send you through tonight no, if- No, Grail, I... I don't want to go back either. You... What do you mean? I mean... I want to stay here, in the Echo Wood. Just... Not... Here. Traveler, I've told you time and again that this world is no place for the faint of Did heart. Did you happen to notice how I just saved you from Maven? That's... That's not the same. She... she had every intent to kill you for the sake of all life, and I stopped her with a broken sword. Grail, you taught me so much about this place. How to survive, how to find my way, how it works. Please, just trust me to use it. Let me go. Go. Go? You're stronger than you look, dear heart. And made of sterner stuff than I ever gave you credit for. You'll do just fine out there. Where will you go? Market Town's just a few miles down the road, right? That's probably where Sylvia ended up. Hitching your wagon to a bard, are you? That's not the path I would have expected. That's kind of the point, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I suppose it is. Well, 
I suppose there's no point in putting it off any longer, is there? No, I... I guess there isn't. Fare thee well, traveler. Yeah. Goodbye, Grail. I hope to see you again. Someday. Good night, Echo Wood. Is that? I can't. Serious? I told you I'd find my way back. How? How can you be here? I thought... Is that any way to greet an old friend? I thought I'd never see you again. Good to know the stars can still surprise you. Even after all this time. Is that your home? It... It was. Is, I guess. But it's... It's complicated. Aren't you going to invite me in? It's... 
It's a little dark in there. <laughs> Not so dark yet. Tales of the Echo Wood, Episode 10, Grail of the Echo Wood, starring Sam Taylor as Grail, Tal Minear as the Traveler, and Trevor Van Winkle as Sirius, with additional voices by Brad Colbrook, Giovanni Hansen, Ali Hilton, Lindsay Zana, Michael Bonner, Karen Spotsbonner, Newt Shottlecotty as Rajay Wayne, Jesse Steele, David Alt, Stephen Intrasano, Neil Covert, Virginia Spots, Evan Tess Murray, A.R. Olivieri, and Sawyer Green. This series also featured the voices of Alejandro Cejudo as Maven and Leslie Redman as Sylvia Linwood and Rowan Bowman. Original music for the series was composed and orchestrated by Jesse Hogan, with vocals from Pearl Botts and Camry Lucy, Bruce Babbitt on flute, Hector Gonzalez and Philip Glenn on violin, C. Tran on viola, Alex Thompson and Larry Reiner on cello, Kevin Brown on percussion, and recording engineer by Orlando Torres. Written and produced by Trevor Van Winkle with special musical direction by Virginia Spots. Our executive producer was Axel Alcock. This series was made possible by our supporters on Kickstarter and Patreon.com slash Homestead Corner. Tal Manier, Firefly Arc, Badlands Cola, Liam Baining, Andrew Pratt, Z, Annabelle Traversy, Ella Watts, Michael Buswell, Accursed, Shay Lynn, Kalinda, Krista A, Corey Powers, Kip Henderson, Marissa S, Lucy Mason, Chickadee, Logan M. Porter, Sarah, Steve Taylor, Sarah McLaurin, Jesse Casanova, Fennec Foxfire, Anthony S., Christine Johans, Cynthia Early, Griff Sketch, Relna Dekvande, Mark Toria Valentine, Sean Saunders, Kayla Martin Grant, Toby Mills, Peter S., Mitch Garads, Evie Bon125, Soap, Jessica Van Winkle, Mike Van Winkle, Shirley Casperson, Dora Colton, Olivia Siegel, Virginia Spots, G., Aries Jimenez, Bridget Guzowicz, Kat Thompson, Victoria Ann Farber, Stacey Powells, Charles Taylor, Hyde, Georgia Van Winkle, Samantha, Neil Covert, and Emro. To learn more about the series and listen to our other podcasts, visit homesteadonthecorner.com. If you've enjoyed the series, feel free to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at EchoWoodPod and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. I'm Trevor Van Emkel, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you've been listening to Tales of the Echo Wood.
Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say, without fail, is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now, providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.